Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation right here throughout our great nation on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and it is a great day in the USA because of people like you, regardless of uh, where you are, who you are, or what you may think. Uh, My concern is that you are a happy American. And that we look at America first. Can't help the rest of the world, not even ourselves, if in fact we don't take care of our principles and our core values first. One of the philosophies of um, uh, the show and the main philosophy of mine is that we are a nation that is blessed from sea to shining sea by our creator, God. And uh, it is the Judeo-Christian principle and ethic that has given rise to the freedom of everyone else in this nation who enjoy their religious freedoms. And uh, we must preserve that, we must protect that, and we must defend it. Hey, I certainly hope hope that you are doing good, doing better uh, here in, what's this, week five, six of, um, yeah, the shutdown. No, it's week, week five. I think it's week four or five of the shutdown. The thing is, you lose all track. You begin to lose track of days and times. Uh, I just could not believe that Sunday was not Saturday. <laughs> and uh, I, I was late um, uh, tuning in my, my pastor's, uh, my church, our church service back home in um, Word of God Ministries. And then only to find out my pastor, James A. McMenus, he had hurt his back. And we had Tyler, Tyler Wooten, a dear brother of ours, who uh, was doing the message. Great job, Tyler. And so from coast to coast, border to border, uh, around the globe, thank you for tuning in. I even have friends uh, who may be in Hawaii right now listening to the show. And, of course, there's a a big-time difference in time uh, there from East Coast to West Coast or to the extreme Pacific. Uh, I have friends who may be listening to me out there, and all the best to you and to those who are in other places around the country, even you little people in uh, Pinole, California. We certainly want to welcome you aboard as well throughout the fruited plains of the nation. Hey, um, I wonder why it is in um, just about any situation, whether they're black or white people, whenever there is this... uh, movement that 
folks want to take on some type of importance, they usually relate that movement to some type of civil rights icon. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Many of the marchers who are defying, you know, the orders of their governors and so forth in their various states, they are likening their rebellion to um, that of Rosa Parks and the civil rights movement, you know. And, you know, this, uh, all of you who, who listen to me, you know that I'm, I listen. I don't care what you do. With, I don't care whom you do it with as long as it's not a child and it is a consenting adult, okay? You do you, all right? You just do you. I don't need to know about it, and I certainly don't want to pay for it, okay? As long as we got that straight, as long as we understand that you do you in any way you want to do you, not hurting a child, and it's with someone who is consenting, I don't care what you do as long as I don't have to know about it and I don't have to pay for it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it appears that all types of movements, the gay agenda, you know, whatever they want to uh, mantle it or clothe it with the cloth of civil rights. And they want to bring up, uh, steal, in my opinion, they want to steal the valor of people like Rosa Parks, Dr. King, uh, who my parents knew. And um, they want to steal their valor. And I just don't see you trying to save your life and in the case of those who are being defiant risking your life uh, over a virus where you just keep your behind inside and try to survive and that's all you can do I know that may sound crass it may sound coarse because after all hey CL you're a guy who who earns a living you know and and uh, still earning a living and there is so many I get that I have many friends who were small business owners and of course relatives and friends who work hard for a living doing what some would term menial work I have never and will never term anyone's livelihood regardless of if you've only been doing it for two weeks. It's not menial if it's honest. That's the conclusion you have to come to. It's not menial if it's honest work. And the work that you all work is honorable if it's honest. But you can't compare what's going on right now, regardless of what, how cramped and how tense and how slavish uh, and how 60-ish you may feel as far as your oppression is concerned uh, in this 
five-week situation. You cannot compare your five-week situation to someone who was rebelling against centuries of oppression. You can't do that. (laughs) And believe me, gay people have been around forever. And it's never been a civil rights issue. They've always done what they wanted to do. People have always done what they wanted to do, regardless of how deviant it may be. And I'm not saying that the gay lifestyle is deviant, okay? I am saying that regardless of what people may want to do, they do it. Regardless of what you think about it. You may think it's deviant. You may think it's um, a... Um, some type of strike on society or something like that, but they don't. They think it's their civil right to do what they want to do. And as long as they're not harming a small child or uh, harming uh, uh, someone or pushing someone into doing something that they did not consent to do, um, hey, I don't care what you do. Can I be? Can I just be honest with you? I don't care what you do, as long as I don't have to be a part of it or pay for it. You do you, and I'll find a way to do me. That is the long, the short, the common sense of all of it. Is each of us, as grandma would say, every tub, each tub has to sit on its own bottom. Yeah, each tub has to sit on its own bottom. That's what she would hit me with when there was a decision to make. You have to make the decision and you have to be you for you but why do we steal the valor why do movements steal the valor of those who came before i know that many times you want to uh redeem and uh, uh, justify uh stamp yourself with uh, someone else's brand because it makes you more valuable. And uh, all of us who do our best to achieve certain heights and notoriety, uh, sure, we've come across very many people of great notoriety, great, great people throughout our lives. One of the greatest meetings I ever had was with a a fellow by the name of Lech Walesa, the former president of Poland. He is, um, in my opinion, the Martin Luther King of Poland. You know, great courage. And I had a, a great opportunity to be on a venue with him. We got a chance to talk and meet and spoke with him mostly through an interpreter. He understands English, but uh, Lech Walesa, yeah, great, great human being, great man of courage. I admire that. But I would never try and steal his valor. I do love being associated with him, but you can never say my struggle or the struggle that I've been through in my lifetime is like his because it's not. While Walesa was liberating and doing what he could to liberate Poland, I was pretty much enjoying a great American lifestyle. 
I did watch and see what he was doing, but I was enjoying a greater life, American lifestyle, me and my wife. You see. And so uh, if I try and steal his valor, it's invalid. And so when someone likens the protests that are going on uh, right now in Washington, D.C., or around the world, not in Washington, D.C., but around the world, Pennsylvania, and Rose Tennant is coming up um, here in just a, a few minutes. We're going to talk to Rose. She lives in Pennsylvania. She was at the um, march in Pennsylvania, and she's a dear, dear friend of mine. If any of you have listened to the show for any time, you've heard Rose on the show, and um, I uh, credit Rose for uh, hooking me up with some uh, people very five, six years ago, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, long time ago, and that uh, have helped shape and form my um, uh, stature and career. People like Sean Hannity. Uh, it was Rose who first opened that door for me, and I certainly do appreciate that. She was a guest on with our good friend Sean um, yesterday, I think it was, day before yesterday. And, and um, Rose, uh, I'm going to have uh, share with us what all of this marching is about, what the angst in America is about. Is there an angst? Should there be an angst? I want Rose to talk to us about it uh, on the other side of uh, the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about that. And surely many times her valor has been stolen by those who have not paid their dues. Rosa Parks, Martin King, Frederick Douglass, all of those people, C.L. Bryant and um, Deneen Borelli, people that I know uh, in this movement, Star Parker, a dear friend of mine, um, Dr. Martin, Dr. Um, Alveda King, all of these are close friends of mine, um, paid dues. Herman, Herman Cain has paid his dues. Alan West, Dr. Thomas Sowell, on whose shoulders we all stand, has paid his dues. And uh, whenever you liken a movement some type of movement to Rosa Parks or someone in a civil rights movement that just began, to a movement that just began, you are trying to steal their valor, in my opinion. That's why hands up, don't shoot. Uh, No, no, no. That uh, may be a difficulty that inner city youth and police find themselves in because of the nature of that relationship. But that is not the experience on mass of black people with police in the country. It's not. I have told you over and over, and let me reiterate this. It's in the numbers and all of you know, I'm a numbers guy. Okay. It's in the numbers. Black folks represent 12, possibly 13% of the population, and our numbers are dwindling because of uh, abortion and lifestyle choices that sometimes lead to jail. So our numbers are dwindling in that aspect, which means that if there's only... 12 to 13% man, woman, boy, or girl, 
of black people in this country and this nation being as vast as it is from sea to sea, border to border. When you begin to disperse uh, that percentage into 50 states, you have a very small percentage represented in each state. And so it is glaring when something awry happens to us as black people. It's glaring. And because of the national spotlight that's put on it, many times we ourselves get a false idea of how many of us actually exist in the nation. The reason I'm saying this is because the mantra that is coming from those who would steal the valor of people who have actually paid some dues. The the mantra is loud that blacks are being murdered in the streets of America wholesale, that black young men are being murdered in the streets of America wholesale. That is not so. It's the lack of numbers of us that amplify the actual problem because the numbers of us that do exist uh, congregate in pockets of places that bring attention to itself as the black community when things happen. But to turn it into a civil rights thing, when you have Rosa Parks long even in the days of when she passed away, even up to that time. Rosa Parks would have longed to have grown up in the America that we have afforded for our children. And grandchildren, Rosa would be something like 20 years older than me. You know, maybe a little bit older, even than that. 20, 30 years older than me. But she would have loved. And I, I never did uh, know if uh, the guy who broke into her house and roughed her up uh, years ago, I, I never uh, heard back from what happened to him. But, hey man, if I can tell you this, if you could have experienced, if you could have felt my wrath on your actions that day, I don't I don't know, but maybe you maybe somebody maybe you're not being heard from. I don't know. I'm not wishing you any ill. <laughs> but the guy who broke into her house and roughed her up. What, what bottom feeding piece of trash is that? Huh? But I think it's justice bottom feeding and trashy to try and steal the valor for a cause that, you know, means something to you, but may not mean anything to
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. And I want to thank you for uh, being there um, and helping us build the bridge to conversation daily right here on the CL Bryant Show, coast to coast, border to border. And uh, on our flagship station, Red State, Red State Talk. And folks, if you're traveling through um, uh, Times Square, look up there above Ripley's, believe it or not, and you will see, you will see the uh, Red State Talk billboard every hour. The C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there uh, 24 hours a day. Every hour it pops up there. And um, old C.L.'s face looking right back at ya. Stolen Valor. Uh, today I am going to have on two women. I believe that Rose is coming on first with me. Rose Tennant is coming on with me first. And then I have on a first-time guest, uh, and I think it's the second hour, that um, Corinne Rankin is going to be on with me. And uh, Corinne and I serve um, on the board, uh, advisory board um, for the president, Black Voices for Trump. And um, a very delightful um, a woman, uh, very much engaged in uh, what she is doing. I met her for the first time in Atlanta when we kicked off the Black Voices for Trump. And she's going to be uh, my guest after the I think the, I think she is in the second slot. And so, Michelle, um, uh, you uh, we're doing this. And one of the reasons why the music ran over me. There's because I have no one to count me in or out or down or what have you. I'm depending on a computer screen. In fact, that's the way most of us are uh, doing our shows uh, these days, uh, whether you're in the big, big, big time like um, Sean uh, and others. Or if you're just in the middle of the road, <laughs> swimming, swimming with the tide, I guess um, that's me, you know, doing the best I can to make my own impact and impression. I thank God for whatever impact or impression that he has allowed me to make. But those will be my two guests uh, here today, Rose Tennant and Corinne, Corinne Rack Rankin will be my special guest. Now... Um, L.A. study shows us that the virus may be much more widespread, but less deadly, which means that there may be some herd type um, um, inoculation, inoculation to this that may be going on. Yeah, there, there might be that happening. 
and I think I shared this with you the other day, but it's something that you, you might want to understand for yourself. My grandfather um, had a lot of cows at one time uh, when I was growing up and I was younger, a kid growing up, up to I was about, I guess, 14. He got rid of him. He got too old to take care of him and all that. And I was too busy to, to help him. I you know, went down in the summer, but I couldn't spend a lot of time with him. But one time, but uh, many times, uh, a cow, uh, and I think I shared this a couple of days ago, but you need to understand what's about to happen here and what may be happening to us even as we speak and what will happen once we get back out into the general population among each other. We will herd inoculate. Um, there might be a cow that gets sick with something, and nature has a way of eliminating that nature has a way of um inoculating the herd and i want to talk to you about that because uh, america is beginning to gather again together and uh, are we going to be looking at a herd type of inoculation that could be going on with us as we speak which will make the virus less deadly Americans are beginning to be tired of being cooped up and uh, hemmed in and staying at home. I believe my next guest now will bring some light onto this. She was in Pennsylvania. Rose Tennant uh, was with me. As you know, she is a very, very good friend of mine. Uh, Rose has been the person uh, over the last 10 years, uh, opened a very major door for me early on in uh, this journey for me. She opened a door to a good friend of ours now, Sean Hannity. And my producer, Michelle, um, saw her last night on with Sean and wanted to have her on today. And I'm always glad to have my good friend, Rose Tennant, on with me. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. How are you, Rose? I love the C.L. Bryant Show. I'm great. How are you, C.L.? Doing fantastically well, and thank you for that. Now, Rose, you were on with Sean last night, and uh, you folks in Pennsylvania seem like you may be getting peeved. What's going on? Well, you know, C.L., we are so frustrated here in the state of Pennsylvania, as are many all over the country, but some states are doing better than others. I can tell you that I covered the rally on uh, in pittsburgh and then jeffrey lord covered it in harrisburg and then we both got together on hannity's show to discuss what we saw here's the sad part as we were out there uh rallying to open pa the governor of pennsylvania wolf decided at that moment inside the capitol building that he was going to extend the stay at home and shut down until may 8th uh, we were supposed to be back to work on May 1st. We were supposed to be, you know, out of shutdown mode, out of um, uh, stay-at-home mode, and now he's extended it until May 8th. Now, last week in Pennsylvania, the state Senate approved two bills that could have provided so much clarity and common sense when we're talking about the process um, that we have to go through to decide which businesses can safely operate during this pandemic. And uh, what happened was those two bills were great. They were Senate Bill 613 and also 327. And, and what I liked about the second bill was that it did call for counties because I happen to live in a county where there were 70 cases. That's it. It's a huge county, too. I want to let you know. 
Washington County, 70 cases and tragically two deaths. But our numbers are so much better than, let's say, Philadelphia. Oh, but that's why we were asking in that bill that you allow the counties to make that decision to open up according to the medical data and according to the CDC guidelines and the guidelines that our president actually laid out for all of us. This governor vetoed that bill and it extended the stay at home and no work wow. mandate. Well, you know, Rose, Americans and, you know, years ago when you and I met uh, years ago, nearly 10 years ago now, it doesn't seem like time has traveled uh, that rapidly, but it's been that long, Rose. But when you and I first met, we were talking about Americans not wanting to be ruled over by a king. And what is happening now is that American DNA, that American spirit is rebelling against people who are acting like despots and kings over us if they would approach us differently they would understand that we as americans are very uh, we're very jovial and we're very friendly and we're very accommodating but we will not be ruled over that's the thing that i don't think they understand what do you say you know, I think that's an excellent point because as Americans, we were asked to do something that has never been asked of us before. You know, we never even uttered the words um, stay at home or social distancing. But you know what? We did it. You know, we were told that, that, that here's the reason why we need to do it. Here's the expiration date on doing this. And we all collectively rolled up our sleeves and said, OK, let's get this done. And we have demonstrated that we could conduct life in a new normal, I, people don't like to hear that word, but it, right now it is a new normal. We have demonstrated that we were able to thoughtfully, considerately, and carefully conduct uh, certain aspects of our lives. Allow us then to demonstrate that we can do the same. And you are right. We were asked to do something that we have never been asked to do before. Personally, I'm not even sure it should have been to this extent, but I'm okay with that. If it saved lives and that's what everyone thought we should do, that's fine. But there comes a point where we must get people back to work. And if we can do this safely in grocery stores and some other businesses, we can do it safely um, all along the line. People are willing to roll up those sleeves again and figure out a new way to conduct business that is safe, that is considerate, and is compassionate. We're not stupid. We're pretty creative. I was on the phone with a hair salon today, and we were talking about some solutions down the road, and we came up with some really good ideas. Now, I'm desperate for my hair salon to open back. <laughs> That's why I, I wanted to help her. <laughs> uh, Rose, and you listen, folks, folks, I know Rose. Rose is very, you know, put together. She really is. And so... <laughs> I, so that's funny. That's really funny to me, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> but you are so right. You know, we, uh, but you can only ask so much of people, and especially when it comes down to, in particular, our state, and this is happening in a lot of blue states, where it seems unreasonable, it seems arbitrary. Um, when we find out, yesterday I found out that in Philadelphia, that has even greater numbers, way greater than the western side of the state, that, that some businesses were allowed to open or were given a waiver when those identical businesses on the west side of the state were denied those waivers. This is political, I feel. It's getting to be very political. And this is a way I believe that these Democrat governors are going to try or attempt to hurt this president and this administration. when he, They have given us, and this president has given us, 
one of the greatest economies ever. It's like Reagan's economy on steroids. And he's going to do it again, Rose, if, if we can yeah. uh, get this. Listen, just a few weeks ago, five weeks ago, there were small businessmen that you and I know who would not have dreamed this would happen. You and I would not have dreamed, Rose, that we would be having this conversation whatsoever. So let me transition just a little bit now and ask you this question. Um, The voting, uh, the election, of course, we're in the year 2020 and uh, the presidential um, election is coming up. Rose, uh, there's going to be, I I feel, a civil war over the mail-in ballot and um, the mail-in vote. I'm not all I'm not for it. I believe that I want to cast my vote myself. Uh, you know, and I don't want a third party handling my vote. I, I really don't. I mean, it, we, it's corrupt enough. Uh, give us your insight in, as far as uh, the way you see it uh, moving forward. How, how do you see this shaking out? I think that we are going to have to be very verbal and very firm in our rejection of that. And I'll tell you something. It's not just for Republicans. It's for Democrats alike. I want to know that the process was as fair as it could be. And if it's a Democrat that comes out the winner, so be it. If it's a Republican, so be it. But I want that peace of mind knowing that we went into an election as fair as we possibly could and, 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 and could trust the outcome of that election. With those mail-in ballots, we will not have that confidence. And, 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 and as a Democrat, you should want the same thing that we want. Because at some point, everybody's going to figure out a way to manipulate the system, and we don't want that. So I think for all of us who love freedom and democracy, we, we should object vehemently to those mail-in ballots. I absolutely agree with you, Rose, as you know. Rose, one last thing that I want to uh, talk to you about here today, and that is Women for Trump. I know that you are uh, very big in that, and you're a part of the campaign along with me, with Evangelicals for Trump and Blacks uh, for Trump as well. It's the largest campaign uh, in, uh, I think, that America has ever known. It's the largest political campaign, whether America knows it or not, that they know the president has created a incredible machine and um except you know what rose except for this virus he would be on gold he'd be paving a street of gold to american prosperity and uh but let me ask you this women for trump is there going to be the the turnout that we are witnessing that we are anticipating by seeing the participation of women around the country for this president. Give us your take. Got about three minutes. I I really do think so, CL. This president is someone that we as women can count on. He's demonstrated that over and over and over again throughout his term. We see him as someone who had our back, particularly through COVID-19. We trust him. We watch carefully as we saw um, the Democrats hold up necessary aid to small business and to employees um, countrywide. We watch that carefully, and we will not forget who it was that had our back, and it is this administration all along. And I tell you, the women are even more empowered. They feel more empowered as they go to the polls this year. They are going to be voting for this president, and they will do that with confidence, and they will do that with strength and, and conviction. And uh, I, I want to mention, too, if your listeners are in Colorado, we have a 
women's empowerment call tomorrow evening and it's going to be fabulous and we do these all over the country so if you want you know check out my social media at rose underscore unplugged on twitter rose unplugged um on facebook and my website is rose unplugged i have an article in american thinker today about what happened in pennsylvania and how it's affecting small business it's a it's a domino effect it really is and instagram is rose unplugged and the number one but you can also go to donaldjtrump.com and then you can look and see you know as you said what a fabulous machine this campaign has black voices for trump um evangelicals for trump catholics for trump uh, it, the list goes on. So you can get involved by going to that website as well. So I, I just think that he was amazingly clever. The people he has working for him are outstanding. And to bring all of these different groups together the way they have, I've never seen anything like this before. And I've been helping with campaigns since I was um, helping with Reagan's campaign. Give us so, your website. Give us your website and how to get in touch with you again, Rose. Yes, it's roseunplugged.com, but check me out on Facebook. It's also Rose Unplugged, and Twitter is at Rose underscore Unplugged. Now, I have a new um, series that I'm doing. It's called Red Heels Forward. Every Wednesday night, we do a Zoom meeting, and we address a lot of things like how to make your food stretch, exercise, um, building up your immune system. And then we have a great speaker on. We had Jeffrey Lord on before. Um, I believe Ted Nugent will be joining us soon, Stephen Moore. And also, I'd love to have C.L. Bryant. So we need to talk about that. But yeah, we will. It's always a lot of fun, and it's a Zoom meeting, and it's nice because you can visually, you know, visually see everyone, and you can interact and ask questions. So that would be really fantastic, fun. Rose. I'd love to come on and be a part of it with you. That'd be great. And so, listen, uh, thank you so much for being there for me today, and uh, stay well, stay safe, friend, and um, uh, all the best. God bless you and keep you. Keep fighting the good fight. I know that you will because you are Rose Tennant. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. And hey, we are building uh, the bridge. And that was my good friend, Rose Tennant, who uh, took time to uh, give us a call and and um, share with us what was happening there in Pennsylvania on yesterday and gave her some American thinker. You can check out the American thinker uh, today and you will um, see the article from our good friend, good friend of the show, Rose Tennant. As I said, you know, a lot of times, friends, uh, you don't get a chance to tell people uh, thank you. And a lot of times people just don't say thank you. But uh, again, um, as we head toward the home stretch of this hour, if you don't get both hours of the show, download free the CL Bryant show. But I just want to make sure that I say again to my good friend, uh, Rose, thank you so much for uh, opening uh, one particular door uh, in, in particular years and years ago. Uh, she introduced me to Sean Hannity, and uh, he and I now have this really great friendship. And he's been on my show numerous times. I've been on his and um, both radio and television, and, and um, I can call him. I guess I could go on. I can call <laughs> and say hey, man. But anyway, um, I want to talk about something. Yeah, but he's a great, great guy, greatest personality on Fox at the time. I'll be back after these words. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. Don't go. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. I'll bag with you on this day in the USA, uh, here throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known. Now, you know, as well as I do, that um, there's going to be some blowback over all immigration to this country being suspended by this president in particular, but it's to keep you safe Do you understand me? Are you hearing me? This is to keep you safe. Now, it very well could be that um, we all may be able real soon to congregate again with caution. Okay? And I think that we're going to be much more aware of uh, our surroundings and people around us here in uh, the days to come than we have ever been before. I do believe that. But there is an outside danger. And this is why, take a swallow of water there. This is why um, I believe that um, the president is doing the right thing because there is an outside danger. Now, there's going to be, oh, there's going to be major, major uh, pushback and blowback against this. But if you knew that uh, there was a rabbit dog loose, wouldn't you bring your people inside, your family inside, and lock the doors? <laughs> While somebody goes out with a gun to kill the rabbit dog, we're in the process of doing both. And, of course, Americans are getting tired of uh, the process of being safe because we've never had to go through this before. And our very nature causes us to buck up, raise up, and uh, rebel against this. But now you still have the politics that goes on. You still have the politics of um, understanding that this will end. This thing that we're under, this cloud that we're under, it will end. I pray God. And there are people who surely are thinking far enough 
down the road to understand so that they understand that the immigration issues are going to return. Now, we live in a very interesting election season and a political time because we don't know how this will affect voter turnout in just, uh, what, six, seven short months. Yeah. Voter turnout may very well be affected big time by this. You have uh, states like Pennsylvania saying that they're not going to even uh, try to reopen until May 8th. That's three weeks away. That's three weeks away. And then you have hard-hit places like New York and Louisiana that may be even further away as far as reopening for business. It makes you wonder just how long we can sustain this and what type of people we will be once we come out from under the real shock of this and hey friends I really believe that we are really in shock and I think it's the type of shock to our American system that will cause us some problems going forward especially with crime and homelessness there are many who won't go the suicidal route But they will wallow and and roll around, and, as the word means, in depression. And that creates tick, tick, ticking, tick, ticking time bombs. People who are hiding and wrapped and squashed down by the weight of depression. Never, never. I imagine I've had some melancholy moments. I just come out of one. Just come out of a very melancholy moment after losing my wife, and blasted uh, for weeks, <laughs> weeks. And I am um, grateful to God that He has, you know, delivered me from that. He's healed me of that. And um, I may have been able to get over it much sooner had it not been for this. But friends. My point is none of that. It's this. Our world, I don't think we have a clue as to how this is going to change the nature of our relationship. It's going to change it big time. Once you're comfortable with um, someone that you're comfortable with, you know, uh, as you move forward, I mean, to bring them into your your sphere, the of um, orbit into your orbit. You, this is what um, this is what happens. This this is the type of mindset that's going to set in. You might as well brace yourself because you are going to be considering what I am saying. And if you're smart. 
you know, people can't stay inside uh, all day long once we get back together. I'm talking about the people you associate with, and you never know who people associate with. But that's the brave new world that we are about to enter into. And the only thing we can hope for as far as this COVID-19 is concerned is that they come up with a vaccine, uh, you know, universal testing or whatever as soon as possible so that at least we can move forward with uh, that much confidence. Huh? With that much confidence that, okay, I'm good, you're good, um, uh, I'm okay, you're okay type type of thing, you know. Wow, you have to be my age to understand what I just said. (laughs) I'm okay, you're okay. Yeah. But it is, we have come back to that. And so now we face this. um, All... Immigration over coronavirus, the president is suspending. Unless there's, you know, the type of pushback that even he wants to face at this time. And he has enough on his plate, I can tell you that much. But I know for a fact that if there was a rabbit dog loose on my property, I would bring my family, my children inside, and I would close the door And I would sit on the porch myself with my rifle or shotgun waiting for that rabbit dog to appear. And right now we must be in a defensive posture as Americans when it comes to those who may be able to bring or introduce a disease to us. We must be very vigilant about that. And we must not have the fear of being called ugly names. Because if we lose a million people to this because we're careless, the ugly names won't matter anyway, will they? So let's err on the side of, uh, of caution and... Um, Let's be, let's persevere. Let's find a way to persevere. We'll find a way to persevere. It's very good to have family at this point in time, isn't it? Someone, people you can talk to. It's good to have friends that you can talk to, loved ones and folks who you can trust and depend on. Isn't Isn't it good to have them right now? Sure it is. And I trust that uh, all of you, wherever you are, may have that person, someone that you can rely on now. And surely someone that you can talk to, someone you can share things with. Hey, it's a whole it's a whole new world, a brave new world that we are that we are in. It's a brave new world that we are facing. And in order to live in it, uh, no doubt you are going to have to have courage. Uh, and you're going to have to have your eyes wide open. Yeah. And as the headlines and every news outlet, including this one, 
has in its lead the corona. We are so sick of that. But it's strange how short our memories are. And, and in times like this, you understand why we're made up with short memories when it comes to traumatic events. It's so that we can move on. And it's so that we will not be afraid to try and scale the next cliff or mountain or ford the next river so that we'll move on. We forget that way we lost horses and people in the last river that we crossed. But unless we push on, Americans, unless we push on from here, unless we persevere in all weathers, we can never become what we need to become. If we had not done that, if it had not been for the spirit of our ancestors, red, yellow, black, and white, all of them, if you are a descendant of any of those, (laughs) and that means all of you, then you are the descendant of people who were able to persevere. You, me, are the descendants of the strongest of those who took on this journey. And that is the American spirit. We are a strong nation and a strong people because we are made up of people who came to see what there was to see in a new land and had the courage to live here. And yeah, in some cases, take it from those who are already here. But isn't that not the way of the world? Sure it is. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryan Show. Building the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Corinne Rankin will be my guest after the news break, after the top of the hour. You don't want to miss uh, Corinne Rankin um, when she graced the stage of the CL Bryan Show for the first time here after the top of the hour. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me for as we build this bridge daily throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on earth, blessed from sea to shining sea by Almighty God with the Judeo-Christian ethic that has given every other faith that has come to these shores the right to worship and experience religious freedom. I'm back. Just a little bit, CL. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show.
Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Thank you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and thank you for coming along with us here on our flagship station, Red State, Red State Talk Radio, the most listened to uh, talk in the country and the largest talk platform in the nation. If you're traveling through Times Square, of course, it's kind of deserted right now. Be sure to look up above the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not, and the Red State Talk billboard is right there above Ripley's and every hour, 24 hours a day, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there on the billboard and I'll see y'all's face looking right back at you one block away from where they drop the big ball. All of you guys there, I want you to know that things are going to be back we're going to be back soon. Times Square will be buzzing again soon. However, I have a feeling that we're going to treat each other a little bit differently. It's going to be strange. Well, in this transitionary time, there are a lot of things that are going on that you should be aware of. And there are people that you should know. And one of them is my next guest who is on with me for the very first time. Uh, She is a shaker mover in the Republican Party. And uh, she is, in fact, someone who has great courage. She has great conviction. She is a fellow board member of mine on uh, Black Voices for Trump Advisory Board. We are founding members of that. I met her several months ago now in Atlanta and have wanted to have her on the show. And I thank goodness that Michelle, my producer, was able to reach out and get her for me. Help me Welcome to the show, Corinne Rankin. Thank you so much for being there with me. How are you, friend? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Glad you're there. And Corinne, you have been involved with this. You were a 2016 delegate to the Republican National Convention. Uh, Give us your story in a little thumbnail, if you could. Tell the audience, who is Corinne Rankin? Oh, wow. That's, (laughs) well, um, I can tell you a little bit about, um, you know, politically who I am. I, I, I used to be a Democrat. I was born, you know, born and raised in Democrat household. And I always believed that I should be a Democrat because I was black and, you know, cliche Democrats party, the party that cares about black people. I voted for Obama Biden in, you know, 2007. I was very excited about their campaign because I was already sort of disenfranchised the Democrat party. And I thought that the Obama-Biden the, uh, Obama ticket was going to be like the revolutionary two that you know, sort of changed the shape of the Democrat party. I very quickly found out that that didn't happen. And and uh, became even more disenfranchised the Democrat Party. So one day while I was sitting in my office, I decided um, I would just look up the platforms. And I don't know what possessed me to do that, but I did. And I looked at the Democrat Party platform first. And I thought, oh, well, okay. Yeah, okay. And then I went and looked at the GOP platform. And I found myself agreeing with 
everything that was on it literally line by line. And I was shocked. And I told myself, I said, this can't be true. Like, am I a Republican? I can't possibly be a Republican. <laughs> and I just remember, <laughs> I just remember I just clicked my computer off and I was like, I'm not going to think about this right now. This is, it was just way too much for me to handle in that moment. And, and so after a while, I kind of took some time to process it, you know, started paying more attention to television, watching both sides of the story, if you will. And I just found myself more and more being, you know, convinced that I am a Republican and, you know, that I did have to, you know, start accepting that because I was raised in a Democrat uh, registered household, but all of the values that I was taught growing up were Republican values. It's amazing so, that you say that, Corinne. Let me let me share this with you, and I, I want to continue with hearing this, because. but I, I, want, I want to interject this. You know, Corinne, what you have just said is where many of us are afraid to go, because if we study it and look at it for ourselves and come to that realization that you came to and I came to and many others now that that we are associated with, we we might go. We're afraid we might go screaming into traffic, you know, because it's so shocking, you know, to us that that's is is, is that the, pretty much the way it, it 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 happened. And are people still afraid to to talk to you really about it? Talk to us. Yes. So I know I, I always I like sharing my story because I, I share it because I wanted to help other people. You know, when I first realized that, OK, I, I'm, I'm probably a Republican, it was hard because I believed everything I heard on MSNBC and everything I heard on CNN and that Republicans were racist. So, you know, I'm I'm a, a black person and I don't want to be affiliated with anyone or anything that has anything to do with racism so i I couldn't process it and then after i started paying attention i started getting angry it's like i call it like a journey there's this journey of like political evolution for me and i believe for hopefully other black people that and, and the first step is denial uh the second step is um acceptance and then the third step is you know anger and in that anger phase you're sort of you're not really sure who should be who you should be angry at you should you be angry at democrats because they lied to you should you be angry at republicans because maybe they didn't do such a good job of getting their message out or should you be angry with yourself because you didn't do all your homework wow and and so i went through that process too and then you know i was angry at all three and wow. so, rightly, I should have been. You know what? You know, the reason I'm saying the reason I'm, I'm, I'm saying that because you you articulated exactly why people do not take the plunge that you took, it's that I lot. took. It's a lot to go through. It's a lot to pro- it really is a lot to process. And many of us would just rather okie doke. You know, just go along, you know, just go go along with the okie doke and give me your take on this then. OK, once you break away from that, and this is the message that Corinne and I are engaged in with uh, many others around the country through black voices for Trump. And uh, we encourage everybody to come on board with us. We're going to give you the the um, way to get involved with us uh, and so forth here during this show today. Um, but we want to get this type of dialogue, this type of conversation going 
honestly, openly from people who've been there and uh, who have, you know, we, we, we've lived a little bit. Corinne and, and I are both parents of children who are nearly grown and grown. You know, my, my kids are grown. And so we know what we're talking about, you know. And so we're giving it to you from our perspective because we've been there with you. I was a Democrat. I was president of NAACP, two-term president. And so we've seen both sides uh, of, of the street. And so, and so this is why we want to share this with you. But, Corinne, the pushback that we get from our own, were you shocked at that? Oh, my gosh. I very – I don't want to know if I should call myself naive, but I – really thought that after I went through this process and I had this revelation like oh my gosh I've been lied to for all these years I can't wait to go out and share this with my family with my friends and I in my mind thought that they were going to say oh hallelujah hallelujah you're going to be saved I never realized these things and it just didn't happen that way it didn't it really didn't. In fact, they ran and got the pitchforks and, you know, were trying to come after me. It's been quite the experience. So I, I, um, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm so happy to have joined Black Voices for Trump and that, I, you know, I, I'm incredibly happy that we're having these real talk discussions because... It's what needed to happen. It, it needs to happen. You know, I'm, we're all human beings, right? Or most of us are, you know, parents or whether you are or not. As humans, we like to be right. 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 And you know what? Uh, that's an incredible point because let me tell you why. That's a good point. Um, once you have defended a certain position mm-hmm. for a, a length of time, then you, you, you feel as though you're obligated to continue defending that position or you're going to look foolish. And yeah. that is something that we as human beings, as you said, we don't like to be wrong. We like to be right. We want to be right because of um, esteem and all that type of thing that goes along with it. Let me ask you this. Are you seeing then... Uh, as we journey um, down this road of uh, delivering this type of message, Corinne, are you seeing the the labor, the work that we've put in uh, beginning to bear fruit? Uh, what are you seeing? Well, I'm seeing that, um, you know, by and large, because I've actually gone out with some of you know, the community that spent some time at, you know, political functions for you know, specifically for uh, targeted towards black people in, you know, South Central Los Angeles and, you know, uh, know, San Francisco and what have you. And I found that the the by and large as a, when you put, you know, politically active black people in a room now today, 2020, they are more inclined to listen than they were before, than, than they were, you know, a year ago this time last year, this time two years ago. Um, the majority of them, and, and I'm, I've been quite shocked because people will actually come up to me and say, well, why should I be a Republican? Like, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. Just, you know, tell me why. And so, you know, I find that when I get questions like that, that people are open and they're sort of looking for a reason to want to vote Republican or want to support this president because, you know, they've you know been watching this you know, mainstream media that's been telling them the opposite 
but they need sort of a reason to sort of, you know, come around or quote unquote change their mind or, um, you know, it's okay, I was wrong type of a scenario. You know, um, so, you know, so that's what I'm finding. And you know what? Um, um, I started my professional career, well, you know, 40, 50 years ago, uh, well, as a, as a salesman. And um, the the one dream that every salesman have has is for the customer to ask him or her why they yeah. need this. And that that that. <laughs> and, and if black people are beginning to ask that question to us who have been uh, beating this drum for a while now, why do I need to be a Republican or should I be a Republican? Then that is one of the most promising things that I think we can possibly uh, hope for is that they're asking that question. So um, where do we go from here? When I look at California, and of course, it's a a whole different um, um, ballpark than many other places in the country. Um, how are you all faring? Is this, are you seeing the downside of this Corona thing or are you seeing an upswing uh, in it? Is it just coming to you? What's, what's happening out there? Well, I see, um, I mean, uh, on an economic scale, it's negatively, uh, you know, impacting people as small businesses, uh, you know, workers people if you're not you know driving you know door for door dash or something and you're you're out of work this is this is a time for hardship for you and for your family um you know it's really it's you know it always strikes me as you know i understand i'm very sensitive to the fact that we have this unprecedented you know uh, invisible enemy that is killing people and we we should be you know social distancing. We should be practicing. I'm not sure if this is something that's going to you know change us going forward as a society. Um, but people here in California are just as impacted as they are across the country. Uh, they had a protest uh, yesterday at the state capitol in Sacramento, where people were coming out in solidarity with you know Pennsylvania and these other states where. People are protesting the Capitol, and they're saying, hey, open up California. They're saying, you know, I'm not a millionaire. I can't sit home for a month and be okay. I need to go work. I need to take care of my family. People are, you know, I'm hearing that people are hungry. Uh, they're, they they can't buy food, and, you know, they, they've sort of been brought to their knees where you have the, you know, these middle-class families who were doing well and didn't have to really, you know, too much worry about tomorrow, didn't too much have, have to worry about putting food in the refrigerator, whereas now their whole world's been, you know, turned upside down, and they are worried about putting food in their refrigerator, you know, and then, you know, you have Nancy Pelosi, who is, you know, aside from the governor, is the biggest political figure here in California, um, going on, you know, late night talk saying that, oh, I've got all this, you know, variety of expensive ice cream in my refrigerator. And it's just that message is not relatable, you know, relating to the people who live here in California that are struggling. And it's, in fact, it's, you know, it's incredibly insensitive and just thoughtless of her to do so. When uh, we return um, with Corinne Rankin, we're going to let you learn more about her. She is the president 
of uh, Legacy Republican Alliance. Legacy Republican Alliance. She is the president of that, and I want to know, and I want you to know what that is all about, and I want her to tell you. I also want her to tell you how to get in touch with her and bring her to a city, um, synagogue, a church near you so that this particular message can be spread abroad. It is one that um, surely uh, you will be hearing in um, the months to come leading up to this election. And it's amazing, and she and I are going to talk about this when we return, how the economy was just absolutely booming just five weeks ago. No one in small business, big business, uh, could have anticipated this happening. And I often wonder where we would be down the road with uh, Black Voices for Trump if we could actually have rallies and um, hands-on type of gatherings. And so it's it's uh, really um, um, derailed momentum, but I think we can get it back, and we will. And we'll talk about how we do how we can do that right here on the CL Bryant Show when we return with Corinne Rankin, and she is the president of Legacy Republican Alliance, and um, she's going to share with us what that's about. And we are going to open up a lot more conversation when the C.L. Bryant Show return coast to coast and border to border around the globe. If you don't get both hours of the C.L. Bryant Show, download free the C.L. Bryant Show app onto your favorite device. And um, hey, wherever you go, take us along with us and all of the shows are cataloged there. You can tap back into shows with Hannity all the way up to um, shows with homeless people who, you know, and so we love to build that bridge. And thank you for being a part of that. It's a great day in the USA. And it's because of people like you who listen to this show and has, have made us so popular throughout uh, the country and the world. Uh, we want to say thank you to all the ones who replay the show in terrestrials during the day. Thank you as well. Also, shout out to Loving Liberty up there in Utah who has brought us into their family. Thank you. I'm CL. We'll be back with Corinne Rankin. Don't go anywhere. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Are lifted high 
CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Pardon me. Man, I tell you, um, it has been one of those things. No, I have nothing. <laughs> I um, have sinuses, uh, mountain cedar, I think, as what it's called. Um, on with me is president of Legacy Republican Alliance, Corinne Rankin. And Corinne is someone that uh, is um, in the same yoke that I am with Black Voices for Trump. Uh, a part of the largest political campaign in the history of our country, and that is the Trump campaign. She and I sit on um, the advisory board. We are both founding members of that advisory board. Uh, Corinne, when we left, I wanted you to uh, tell our audience about um, Legacy uh, Republican, that, 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 that alliance. Talk to us about that. What is that? So we created Legacy Republican Alliance, which we kind of refer to as LRA for short. Uh, we created it last year after our, and I get in trouble for saying this, but after our uh, this California Republican convention in, in February of 2019, um, a couple of us were in a meeting during that convention and uh, we learned in that meeting that the Republican Party, California, was not going to divulge, put any resources into black outreach. And so we were kind of shocked by this, a little disappointed. Um, you know, but the black population in California is, you know, extremely low. And so, I, you know, limited resources. I know, I understand it was a business decision for that. And as a businesswoman, I, I get that. So what we decided to do is we kind of all came together, all of us black California Republicans here, we came together and we said, you know, why don't we just do this ourselves? Because uh, we want more black people to join the Republican Party. And to not only that, we want more black people to be involved in state party politics, um, have a seat at the table, and to run for office in their local communities. You know, school board is something that's really important to us. One of the members on our board Two of the members, well, one of the members on our board is a elected official to his local school board. So he is, you know, something that we want everyone to kind of aspire to be because well, I see a lot of people running for Congress, which we have a lot of uh, endorsed uh, congressional candidates as well. Uh, we also had a mayoral candidate that we were supporting. Uh, but school board's really where it's at. That's where you sort of begin your political cre- career and create your base that will sustain you, you know, throughout your career in politics, if you will. Wow. So that's how it all got started. And, you know, I um, uh, another lady and I, we, we had this idea. So I got on the phone. I started making phone calls to all the black uh, California Republicans that I knew. And I said, hey, what do you think about doing this? And you know how it was so easy. Everyone just jumped right on board. And they said, you know, I'm with you. Count me in. And I I just had this overwhelmingly positive experience. And everyone was just so willing to jump in, so willing to just make this happen that it was, you know, it, it just it let me know that we're doing the right thing. And, you know, we may get pushed back now, even sometimes from our party and Sometimes, you know, from, from people in our community, but 
we all are within the belief that we're on the right side of history here. I really uh, am glad, so glad uh, to hear you say that. And Corinne, I am not surprised after uh, hearing uh, you in this interview uh, why you were successful at putting that together. Whenever you're able to have a vision of something and then articulate the vision as you are able to do, then uh, people will, uh, in fact, come in here, at least see what it's about and test it out to see if it's about anything. And if it is about something to them, then uh, you have uh, a movement that is taking shape. And that's what's happening with us folks with Black Voices for Trump. Uh, It is a movement that is taking shape. Uh, Corinne, the evolution that you described early on Uh, I am certain that uh, most people who have become Republican, particularly black people who have become Republican, most black people who are still voting Democrat, when they heard uh, that you had to do the research and you had to take the pain that goes along with the awakening and the sun hitting your eyes after you've been in (laughs) darkness, you know, uh, if you're willing to do that, uh, are you saying to uh, us that there? is yet a greater awakening out there to be had by a population of people who thought, like you and I did, that we were doing the right thing until we woke up. What What do you say? Well, absolutely. I think that it takes more voices. You know, there's people who have been Republican, you know, for their whole life have a sort of a different perspective. You know, we all believe we all have the same values and we believe government should be run. You know, we all share those beliefs. However, with people like yourself and with me who sort of went through this journey and the evolution of, you know, switching from a Democrat to a Republican, there needs to be more voices um, like ours and sharing our story and, and putting it out there more because, that's really what we're looking for right now. You know, they're, we're looking for people to do their homework, to do their research, and to let them know, hey, this is, it wasn't easy for me to switch to become a Republican because I, too, used to believe this racist narrative that Republicans are racist. And so it, it took a lot for me to tell myself that, you know, I should have done more research. I should have done my homework more. And for me to spend this time being, you know, angry with, you know, myself and the media and you know, both political parties, it's, it's a, it's a journey. It and is. once you, you know, if, if we could put that out there more and share our stories more that, Hey, this is not easy, but you're not alone. And that's another reason why I created a legacy Republican Alliance. I was really fortunate that I had, um, a celebrity who's after uh, Isaiah Washington, formerly from you know the yeah. CW, the One Hundred, and yeah. you know all these you know fantastic Spike Lee movies that he uh, played in. Um, he was he reached out to me. He reached out to me, and he reached out to several Republicans, and because he was searching for answers, and it was I was honored that he I was one of the people that he reached out to, and he would call me with questions, you know. Why is it this this way? And I won't I won't divulge our conversations. But why is it? Why does this happen? Why is this? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And we'd have conversations, and he would say, "I I, I just know uh, there's so many times when he'd say to me, huh? 
I never knew that. Huh. I never thought about it like that before. And so, you know, it just, it really fills me. It really, you know, it's very fulfilling to be able to, you know, he's a truth seeker in his own right, you know. So just to have, be a resource for somebody who has questions, just to be there to answer or help give a different perspective, it's you know, it, it's very fulfilling just in that regard alone. Fantastic. You know what, uh, Michelle, put her in the uh, in the rotation uh, for sure. Uh, there is no question that we want to speak to her uh, again, no doubt about it. And, um, you know, Corinne, um, I, I, I want to say this to you. I um, thank God that he's given us the, the pulpit and the platform that we have here on the C.L. Bryant show and with Freedom Works uh, that that I have, um, we've I've been able to interview just about anybody I want to um, from anybody I want to from Hannity to the homeless, you know, as far as concerned. But I always come across uh, nuggets occasionally uh, in America that are emerging. And I do believe that your voice is one of those that is absolutely emerging and certainly need to be heard. So I'll ask the question that I have asked to many uh, who have been on the show prior to you. Um, uh, I asked them the question about legacy, um, your legacy. When you decide to sit on the porch and rock looking into the sunset, uh, perhaps holding hands with a significant other or what have you, uh, and um, you decide to rest a while and uh, just let the world pass by until uh, you decide to go home or the Lord calls you home, what type of legacy do you want to leave? Um, what would you want people to say about Corinne Rankin? Well, first and foremost, it would be that I made a better life for my daughters than the one I had for myself. Uh, I think that's, you know, cliche. Everybody who's a parent wants wants to do that. Um, In regards to, you know, politically, what I would want while I'm sitting on the porch, I would want to say that I helped um, bring more black people over to the Republican Party. Um, you know, that's really, it's really important to me that, you know, collectively as, you know, black people collectively, that we have a voice, uh, in both parties and a very strong voice in both parties, because what ends up happening is if we don't do that, then, you know, when one party is in control, we have a voice and things don't get done or they do, you know, what, whatever the case may be. You know, we need to come together, you know, and stop letting the media divide us. I think that would probably be, you know, one of the things where I can say I, I, I had a part in that. I played a significant, you know, role in making that happen. And even if it's just me, you know, sharing my story in, in a way that makes it um, more acceptable or easier for somebody else to, you know, journey down you know this path of you know political evolution then you know i'm happy with that when i hear what you are saying and then when i see what you are doing you are well on your way corinne rankin to uh fulfilling uh, the legacy that you are talking about and i want to thank you for being on the show here with me today and uh certainly um, uh, 
good Lord willing, will not be the last time that you're on with us. In fact, we've got to have you back real soon to just test the temperature of what's going on out there. Tell the folks one more time how to get a hold of you and how to bring you to a place uh, where they are if they so desire. Corinne. Okay. Well, our, our website is Legacy Republicans with an S, LegacyRepublicans.org. And we have a contact page, which we all sort of, we all review, um, you know, the people who con- connect with us uh, through that contact page. Uh, you can also find me personally on Twitter. I'm at Corinne Rankin on Twitter, on, on Instagram, I'm Corinne Rankin. Facebook, Corinne Rankin, I, I keep it really simple. So I, I'm not hard to find, I'm not hard to connect with. It's super easy to get a hold of. And again, I, I want to uh, say to you, fight, continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Corinne Rankin, thank you again for being on with me. God bless you and God keep you. We'll talk to you on the trail. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant, and that was Corinne Rankin. And folks, I got to tell you something. Uh, was always have been always impressed with people uh, who know where they're going. And surely, uh, when you describe uh, this woman, you're describing someone who understands where she's going and uh, how she is going to approach getting there. It is uh, important. It's incumbent upon all of us now to be vigilant. And to be curious, uh, if Corinne shared one thing with us that is absolutely important uh, for all of us to take to heart, and that is we must now ask questions. And when you hear someone asking the question, then be encouraged and be armed with uh, knowledge. Be armed with knowledge. So we're going to return um, here with the um, back end, uh, the um, home stretch, the C.L. Bryant show in just a couple of moments. And um, I certainly look forward to sharing some things with you that don't normally get a chance to share um, with you, but it will be great to share some things with you. Um, here today since it's uh, going to close out with this you and I and uh, maybe just possibly <laughs> on um, Friday I don't know if I'm going to do uh, I may have to, I may actually travel somewhere on Friday I may actually travel somewhere on Friday and um, I may if I don't if I don't go anywhere I'm will be on uh, live and of course we I'm going to take some calls and I want to talk to you and I want to see what um, what's on your mind I want you to talk to me and uh, I hadn't done it in a long time because you know I have guests and then sometimes you know the the news cycle this this has been uh, one of the things I, I really admire the guys who are able to take the calls, but I think that's really the easy way to do this. Uh, you take the calls and you say, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. But you, if you bring on a guest and you, you, you reveal that guest to an audience and you expose them to them, then you talk about what they talked about and you share that and you allow the audience to take from that what they need to build their own bridges, 
that's the approach that I have. Um, I want to hear from you, of course, but I would like to have you as a guest. And you can always go to the CL Bryant Show, the CL Bryant Show. Uh, .com, thecalbryanshow.com, and request to be a guest. Request to be a guest. And uh, Michelle will uh, see it, or my people will see it, and uh, you can get on. You can be on with me, be on the show. And I uh, would certainly like to do it. That I prefer that to the call-ins, um, you know, and especially now, um, it's hard to keep good screeners, and when you get a good screener, and it's just more economical if if we can um, have you call us, call in. And that's what we'll talk about, and that's what we'll do here uh, in uh, maybe Friday, maybe Friday if I don't have to go off and travel. You know, we want to get out again, don't we? Oh, yes. We want to get out again. But, you know, what's so troubling sometimes is that there are people who don't want to truly get out again. They don't care if things go on the way they're going as long as they are provided for. And um, many times they simply want to get angry at um, those of us who manage to escape the trap of contentment. And it can be that way, you know. It can certainly be that way. And I pray God. And 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 listen, um, I'm young at heart, youthful. Uh, I enjoy life. Um, uh, in, in every aspect of it. And I thank God for that. My wife, when she was alive, when Jane and I was alive, when Jane uh, was alive and um, together, when we were together and um, every aspect of it, and I mean right up to through her sicknesses and everything of those natures, we enjoyed life to the fullest. And I miss, I miss, I miss, I miss that, you know, and folks, if you have that, you and, and you can uh, appreciate getting back to that. Appreciate, um, you know, being able to um, relate to people again. Then you can understand why Americans are beginning to spill out unadvisedly. I agree, unadvisedly, but you can understand why they're they're getting out. We're needing. We're needing to be with other people. And we'll talk a little bit about that iner- in, in, inert, in, um, innate need that we all have, how we must feed it when I return. You thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth So you clean me up inside You thought I was to die Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone.
And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for coming along with us as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the CL Bryant Show. It is a great day in the USA, and I am so grateful to God that... Um, you have come along with me uh, here today, and uh, thank all of you for being there as we journey together through this ordeal. And rest assured, we shall, we shall overcome uh, this here soon. Not someday, but very soon. We're, we shall overcome this, my friends. And so, um, to share a thought with you, I think um, where I might want to begin is encouraging us or challenging us to uh, investigate those. And Corinne uh, Rankin and I, uh, Rose Tennant was my guest earlier, first hour of the show, um, Rose Creek, great friend of mine. Corinne, a newfound friend of, um, of mine, and I'm grateful to God for both of them. They were great guests in both hours of today's show. But uh, we were investigating. We looked into um, what makes people um, continue to embrace philosophies, ideas, ideologies that you can visibly see um, actually enslaving rather than liberating. Yet, they will um, cling to those things and defend them against anyone who will try and dismantle the very thought of what they have become representative of in their minds. And that's all it is. Uh, when we're talking about breaking a cycle, when we talk about breaking a, an idea uh, that has um, existed in the minds of people for so long, when there has been a total um, indoctrination of a culture, a total indoctrination and sculpting even of a people that surely has gone on when we talk about the crafting of what we see as uh, black identity in America today. You, you see something that has been sculpted basically by white liberals and Black people, unfortunately, bought into that as representative of who they are 
in America. Bottom line, I don't care how you dress, what your skin color is. You know what what it boils down to is who you are as an individual. What type of character do you have? In fact, if, if we actually look back on the message of Dr. King, this is what he was saying. You know, if people are judging you and letting you in the door or letting you out the door because you of the color of your skin and not what you bring to the table. Hear me, please. If people are letting you in the door or out the door uh, or judging you or or letting you in because of the color of your skin um, and not from what you actually bring to the table, then you do yourself a disservice by accepting their fake hospitality. Yeah. Or their overly gratuitous um, graciousness. Oh, you can be overly gracious sometimes to, with people, and you ruin them. <laughs> yeah, you ruin them. When you're overly gracious with people, you ruin them. Just be, just be their friend, you know. But don't be their savior. You can't be their savior. And a lot of times, you know, folks, uh, we we get into that mode where we try to save people. And as uh, a pastor and uh, that I have been in years past, as being a pastor and have that pastoral spirit and heart, you that's what you do naturally. You try and save people. You show them to to Christ. You can do the saving. But unfortunately, what we try and do when people are acting contrary to the way we think things should go, what we try and do is um, clean them up, clean them, catch them and clean them and uh, prepare them for the feasting. And somewhere along the way, we cut out things uh, in what should be in that relationship that um, um, could help it. That's what we have done. We have alienated so many parts of ourselves in this country. All Americans have done it, but particularly the black people. We have alienated so many parts of ourselves that could be helpful to our entire journey that uh, it is um, painful to watch how we can self-destruct that way and how we've been used. Progressive liberals, uh, the socialist Liberals, Marxist liberals, they have used you in such a way that you won't even speak out against them. Let me tell you something. If the Republican Party uh, puts a B in my cap uh, right now, I'm going to talk out right now. Same with President Donald John Trump. If he speak, if, if, if he puts a B in my bonnet right now, I'm going to speak out against it right now. But what I have seen and what you have seen, whether you admit it or not, is that this man, above all others that I have seen as president of the United States, and I've been watching presidents of the United States since John Kennedy, has been most unfairly treated by the media and you and I above all that I've ever seen. Perfect? Of course not. He's president. He's a man. He's president of the United States. President of the United States, not perfect. He's not Christ. 
but he does have the right idea for our economy and making this thing work. And I can rock along with that. And that's what I'm thinking about. And that's what you should be thinking about, rocking along with that. And so um, many times people don't want to be liberated. They don't want out of their situation. They want to continue in that situation. And they just want to be content. Being angry. At those of us who manage to escape and the situation they're in and one day what it, what it takes, it takes that moment of clarity and acting in that moment. Oh, I, I mean, listen, there have been many times when black folks had an epiphany, should have had an epiphany. But never failed, but never acted upon it. Um, if something is too good to be true and it comes out of nowhere, I want you to hear me now. I want you to hear me because this is what we fell for. And that's what we fall for all the time. We have fallen for this on many, many occasions. Americans, all of us have fallen for this. All of us have fallen for this. But if something is seems too good to be true and it comes out of nowhere it's either a miracle or it's not real and Barack Obama was not a miracle uh, yeah it's not real either he was However, and I know I'm going to get in big trouble uh, saying this, but he was a deception, a grand deception. And if ever there was a time to have an epiphany of how you can be manipulated, that was the time to have the epiphany. Now, did you not hear that Corinne uh, and uh, Diamond and Silk, I know others, um, Candace Owens, um, voted for Barack first time around. And I'll tell you the truth, full disclosure, I was tempted big time. Oh, I was tempted because it was a um, one of those uh, novelty votes. But alas, by and large and at last, I am a, um, a purist when it comes to why I vote. And I vote because I'm voting for principles and not the man. I'm voting for the principles. So I could not vote for Barack. Couldn't do it. Couldn't vote for the color. I couldn't do it. Because as a purist, as a political purist, and a constitutional purist, I have to vote for the principle. I don't care what the man can be my brother or my sister or the, the candidate can be either one of them. But if they and I are opposed on principle, then I can't vote for them. And you would be surprised how much different your world would be and how much different your pocketbook would look if you would begin to operate on that type of 
log logical reasoning and that type of reasoning rather than the emotional uh, uh, type of tug of war and yin and yang that we're on most of the time when we're listening to the evening news or you name it. If we could just talk to one another, if we could just have this conversation, if we could just build a bridge, and that's what we do here daily, is build a bridge. If we could just do that, then I am telling you that there are so many things that we can actually accomplish that have been actually twisting in the wind for so long. Let's wake up. The expression that's popular these days is get woke. So are you woke? Are you get woke? Yeah. And of course, go to freedomworks.org and become a part of a movement that is, in fact, making a difference. Check us out at Black Voices for Trump as well. And uh, I do believe that you will understand just how much of a difference you can make once you start making a small bit of difference. Find out for yourself why so many others are indeed making a switch, changing their attitudes and their opinions. It's because there are certain truths that we have ignored. And we investigate those day, here daily on the C.L. Bryant Show. And I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm C.L. And may God bless and keep you all. Mm-hmm.